Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Game Talk Radio. I'm Greg, and this is kind of a sneak one. I, I said I wasn't going to do one uh, during Christmas week with the store being so busy and with uh, the Christmas season and everything, but I was off today and an interesting story came across my desk, so it won't be a full podcast, but I wanted to hit upon this story uh, because I had some, obviously, opinions on it, but also because I found it interesting that it's still something that's debated, that's been debated for a really long time. And this is a new angle of that. And basically, the uh, this, the the story as it came across was that the uh, World Health Organization, the WHO, they're they're responsible for classifying diseases and mental disorders, and and they write reports every year about what's things to watch and and what are new things we we have to be careful of, and what are the warning signs of these sort of things. And they had a report, I think, it was two days ago, came out, um, which is their 2018 in. Uh, international classification of diseases and a lot of people found something very interesting there and one of the entries in particular 6d11 or gaming disorder classifying gaming as an addictive behavior the world health organization or who that's what we'll uh, call them from now on the who explains that gaming disorder looks like impaired control over gaming Increasing priority given to gaming to the extent that gaming takes precedence over other life interests and daily activities, and continuation or escalation of gaming despite the occurrence of negative consequences. And so, it is. It, this is something that's been highly debated for quite a long time. Is if you know, is gaming unhealthy? Is uh, is ga- is gaming addiction real? Where you're addicted to gaming. And one of the parts as I was reading kind of the different articles and stories about this uh, was there was a doctor uh, named Chris Ferguson, and he has some real issues with this. And as I read this, I kind of agree because um, here's what he had to say, quote, I have considerable concerns about this proposed diagnosis. Um, he, he explains that early in the debates in the gaming addiction, some, com- uh, some compared the apparent victim's compulsive behaviors to substance abuse users like heroin and cocaine. And uh, so he goes on to say the push to pathologize gaming, he believes, is based off misguided comparisons to heroin or cocaine addiction. There are many myths such as that games involve dopamine and brain regions similar to substance abuse. Ferguson said, there's a kernel of truth to that, but only insofar as any pleasurable activity activates these regions. How gaming involves them is more similar to other fun activities like eating chocolate, having sex, getting a good grade, etc. Not the same as heroin or cocaine. So part of the issue he had with this whole thing was that people, when they talk about addiction to gaming or addiction to electronics or addiction to phones, they're saying that that's the exact same as an addiction to a drug like heroin. And I I also agree with that quite a bit. I don't think that's a good thing to necessarily say um, because I think more what it is, is it's, it's, it's lack of control. You know, people find something they enjoy and they can't not have as much as they enjoy. I think it's also something similar to why obesity rates are so high in this country. And obviously there's things you can argue about how the 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 income gap and things like that and how cheap food is not better for you so people aren't eating better because there's not a lot of people that have a lot of money to spend on healthier foods. That's certainly a, a thing too. But I think it also comes down to when something tastes good or it's better, even if it's not good for you, you want to eat that. Like there's no self-control, there's no awareness of what's best for you it's, it's hitting that pleasure button over and over and over again. And that isn't what happens with something like heroin or cocaine. 
this, the dopamine, um, is like, like they said, you know, when you do something successful, you get something positive reinforcement, your phone dings, knowing that someone's there to talk to you, the, all those sort of things do trigger a dopamine response, but not in the same way that heroin or cocaine would be addictive and be like basically your body telling you that it needs it. And so I, I agree with what he's saying, uh, that we, we can't compare it to those sort of things. Um, now, there was another psychologist named Andrew Shabilsky, and he echoed the concerns, adding, quote, it's a very bad idea, unquote. He's concerned that most studies done on gaming addiction are low quality. Codifying gaming addiction as a tried and true disorder could risk stigmatizing millions of players and may divert limited mental health resources from core psychiatric problems such as depression or anxiety, which might be at the heart of problematic play, he said over an email. Both Ferguson and Shabilsky acknowledge that some people overdo gaming at the expense of their health and sanity. What's worth focusing on, they say, is less than gaming aspect of the behavior, but the overdoing aspect. The impetus to approach something compulsively might matter more than something is. Research they've done and, re and read suggests what looks like gaming disorder a lot of the time is a symptom of depression, anxiety, or attention deficit disorder. The WHO's definition of gaming disorder could inspire an inaccurate diagnosis when, in fact, gaming could just be a coping mechanism for something already known. So that's actually a really interesting point. So I like what he's saying there is he's saying that a lot of the time this compulsory behavior. So think of something like hoarding, right? So if you ever watch uh, Hoarders or if you, you're aware of the show, you know, hoarding, if you don't know, is when people have this compulsion to collect things. And you could argue that I'm hoarding video games because I have hell of a collection. But hoarding a lot of times, especially extreme hoarding in those cases, are people like not able to throw out plastic cups or bowls or dirty diapers. I mean, crazy stuff on that show. And I know that's the worst of the worst because a lot of hoarding is just, you know, oh, I don't want to throw away these old magazines. I might use them one day. Or I don't want to throw out these papers. There might be a bill in there. Somebody. Like they don't want to be, they want to have all this stuff just to have it. But when you look into like 99% of the times in those shows that people are hoarding is because of some other mental trauma that they suffered. So they'll suffer something like, oh, you know, when I was a kid, my mom abused me and broke all my toys. So now all I want to do is collect all my toys. And I could argue that the reason I want to collect games nowadays is because I always wanted to have all these games as a kid, but we couldn't afford them. So now that I can afford them, I'm like, I'm doing it. Like I'm collecting things because I, I was quote unquote depraved as a child, which wasn't true. And my family was awesome. And I was very loved and was a I was incredibly lucky to have a great family, but we didn't have a lot of money. I couldn't spend, I couldn't buy every game I wanted. So we just didn't have it. And so this, this, what I want to talk about here was mostly just about how, you know, they're classifying it as a disorder, how, how gaming is a disorder. But I think we have to look at what the cause of people playing games so much is. It's an escape. It always has been. Is it any different from someone being obsessed with books and reading you know, two or three books a day or, or, or spending all their time with their nose in a book? Or is it any different than somebody who binge watches a series on Netflix for two days straight? Or, you know, is it any different than, than anything like that? And I think there's real questions there. So I agree that you have to be careful, but the way that the World Health Organization labeled it was that it's something that needs more research. Um, it's something that needs to be more looked into and it's under the label addictive behavior. So I believe that that's what it is. But what I think these two, um, the, the doctor and the psychologist were trying to say were, if we make this as a diagnosis and we just say, oh, you're addicted to gaming, 
that's not going far enough beneath the surface. We need to keep going and keep going, and we need to get to the point where we actually say, okay, what's causing this overplaying of video games? Are you depressed? Are you anxious? Do you play these games because you're bullied or because you have low self-esteem or what, you know, and, and that, what's that caused? You know, like, like when you're depressed, you don't just go in and say, um, you know, oh, here's all my feelings. Here's what's going on. They don't say, okay, well, I think he's sad. So yeah, you should work on things and not make you sad anymore. But that doesn't, that's like a bandaid over it. That doesn't cause the root of the problem. What caused you to be sad? What caused you to have these feelings? And depression is very real and you don't want to play around with that. You don't, and you don't want to make excuses. You know, you don't want to say, oh, well, this isn't really depression. This is something else. It's, it's very difficult for people to admit depression already. And then to have like another exit or another escape, you don't want to do that. You don't want to give them another excuse. But as I got thinking about this and, and, and I, I found how interesting it was, I also looked into, I was trying to think about other negative effects that video games have and, um, you know, and what, what's been claimed over the years. And so I'm, I'm 36 and, uh, I grew up in the eighties. Um, and I, I grew up watching movies like RoboCop, Terminator. Uh, I played video games like Mortal Kombat in the nineties. I play, you know, I played all these sort of things. And, and I know one, one argument that often gets tossed around is do violent video games make people violent? And I don't really believe that. I, I never have. In fact, I've done a lot of papers over. It was one of my favorite studies to talk about when I was in college and when I was in high school. I'd always do papers on it because I found it very interesting. And, and I think people are very quick to use an excuse. Like, why was this person violent? Well, it's because he played games. Oh, why, why was this person violent? Oh, because they listened to heavy metal music. Uh, why was this person violent? Oh, they, you know, they play D&D &D or whatever it is. You know, they're into witchcraft. You know, they're always looking for excuses as opposed to just being this person, you know, is angry. You know, maybe something happened to him when he was younger. Was there abuse? Was there some of that? I mean, so many things, the way we are, so many ways are how we were brought up. And so anyway, it's, it's, it's really interesting stuff. And, and I look into, do violent video games affect people violently? And, and I look at, and I, I used to make this argument because I'm going to kind of play both sides here because one, we don't know. And, and, and studies like this are very difficult to do because there's so many other layers to it. You can't, you can't find a kid 10 years old and have him fill out a survey and say, hey, were you ever abused? And they say, no. You, well, okay, you know, were you ever, and you don't know. And, and it might have been a, a mental abuse that you couldn't even see. But, you know, I, I've been telling people for years, you know, I'm like, I grew up watching RoboCop, watching Terminator, watching horror movies like The Thing and, and Halloween and Friday the 13th. And I played games like Mortal Kombat. I played bloody games. I played a lot of violent games, played a lot of shooters um, on PC, played a lot of Counter-Strike and so on and so forth. So, and I'm like, well, I turned out pretty good. And, and, and I like to think that I'm a well-adjusted adult individual. But games are a little different than they were back then. And, you know, when I was playing games in my, before I was 10 years old, we didn't essentially have war simulators like Call of Duty and stuff like that. Like we had things like, doom and wolfenstein 3d but those you know they were quite they were basically like playing cartoons you know like you could easily tell the difference now you've got games that are fully voice acted sometimes they're real actors um acting the role you've got fully voice acted real actors realistic blood and violence um you know and it's played out um but then again is that any more realistic than the movies i used to watch watching a movie always seemed 
totally separatable to me. I never once was like, oh, I think this might be real. Not ever since I was having conscious thought. I never thought a movie was real. Um, I mean, I used to watch Ninja Turtles and then I would jump around wanting to be a Ninja Turtle, but I never thought the Ninja Turtles were real. And I didn't, I didn't walk around going like, I hope one day I can look in the sewers and see the turtles. Right. Um, but I don't know what it's like nowadays. I don't know what sort of adverse effects psychologically these games can have on younger kids. And I think it's smart to limit younger kids to what they have access to. And that's just kind of, again, a psychological thing. As we're growing and learning, you want to have more time to like essentially shape what they're understanding and to shape their kind of their psyche, you know, at certain ages. If you expose them to things at such a young age, you don't know that that isn't permanent learning and permanent things that are being like imprinted on their brain. It's just the same thing with like eating habits and such. Like when they're younger, you want to instill good eating habits, like, like not overeating and, and not snacking all the time or snacking on healthy snacks, get them used to that sort of thing so that when they grow us to adults, they don't struggle with that. And, and that's something I struggle with. Um, I've always struggled with my weight and I, I, I over the last couple of years, I dropped a lot of weight. I dropped like a hundred pounds, but I had actually dropped a hundred and 40 and I'm back up 40 now. It's really, it, it, it's agonizing quite honestly. And, uh, um, but I have these bad habits. I have bad snacking habits. I have bad eating habits. I want to overeat. I always have to finish my plate. All these sort of little things that were, you know, little things that were kind of ingrained in my brain younger that I have to, they're, they're natural instincts that I have to fight against. Now that's not an excuse and that's not anything I can say, well, that's why it is. It's just something I, it's another thing I have to fight against. And I'm always, I'm always, it's always in my head, you know, I'm always fighting against it. So I don't know if that sort of thing can be applied to violent video games, like, like these violent tendencies, if they're put into their brain at a young age, like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, And if they're put into that at that young age, are they susceptible to be more violent, have more violent outbursts? Um, I know that, uh, and I guess I shouldn't say I know because studies haven't been done, but if you look at, if you look at kind of the audience that likes a lot of these games. Um, because I, if you don't know, I also, I own my own used video game store. And so I, I talk to customers every single day. I talk to gamers every single day of my life. It's what I do. Um, and there are a lot of people who are very antisocial and there's a lot of people that have a hard time, younger people that are, you know, 10, 11, 12, that have a hard time talking in a normal conversation. So are, is it the video games that are doing that to them though? We don't know. Is it just anything that, that, that kills in-person contact. You don't know. There was always shy kids in school, even when I was a kid, but it seems like now so many kids have a problem holding a conversation. They'll call on the phone and they don't know, they don't even know how to ask you a question or they'll be in the store and their parents are nudging them to, to talk to you and they can't even look up at you. They're looking at their feet and mumbling. And, and again, is that a video game related thing? I can't say that for sure. Um, but I'd like to think that there's, that this has always, video gaming has always attracted a certain subtype of of person and not saying that all gamers are like that but you can see certain traits in in most people that uh, in a lot of these people and it always they always seem to play games now again we have to look at the cause though just like these the doctor and the psychologist were saying you we don't know that they don't play video games because they're depressed it's not just that playing video games makes them depressed and that's that's the difficult thing and that's why science and that's why studies are so interesting but they have to be done properly and they have to be done extensively and they have to be done a certain way and but anyway it's very interesting stuff i i really don't know where i fall in all this i mean i do believe that you can be quote unquote addicted to gaming but i think that's more being addicted it's, it's addictive behavior, which is why it's, it's listed under that. But I also think that it has more to do with just having that compulsive, addictive 
uh, personality because and, and then you have to start to think so so let's look at this angle right though so what about someone who wants to be the best football player in the world what do they have to do they spend hours in the gym hours practicing hours you know whatever all this training all this work all this extra stuff studying playbooks all the other things to be the best they can be well would that be considered addictive compulsive behavior are they are they addicted to playing football or are they just trying to be the best they can be you know and with gaming since so much of it is competition related like when you play overwatch are you addicted to overwatch or are you just trying to be the best you can be was i was i actually addicted to world of warcraft when i had when i felt for a while i had to log in every day i don't think i was addicted to world of warcraft i think i was addicted to talking to people that i had met it was just like if you didn't text your friends for a day or if, or if you didn't uh talk to a friend or, or if i didn't talk to my wife all day like i would feel the need to want to talk to her and so was that actually being addicted to wow or was that being addicted to social interaction right and so there's a whole bunch of, of possibilities and, and and interesting things i think that come with this i, I don't have all the answers <clears throat> and uh, all i have really are opinions but this one this one is is interesting and are they going to try to blame us for like like is this a way to stigmatize gaming you know you could argue that um that now they can classify gaming addiction as a you know as a as a disease is that going to make it where now they can pitch it as a way to try to hurt the gaming industry and to to not say that it's you know to to, to get people not to want to interact with it uh, with gaming, it's certainly possible. Now parents can use it. Well, the the World Health Organization just said gaming's addictive, so I better not let them game anymore. Or, you know, as silly as that sounds, there are parents who are going to think that. Not that there weren't parents that didn't think that already. And on the flip side, there's always the parents who are like, no, video games are good for hand-eye coordination. So it's like we always make excuses for what we believe in. <clears throat> you know, if you believe that gaming doesn't cause any problems, then there's a problem with that. And if you believe that gaming causes a lot of problems, there's an excuse for that. And you can always have excuses to make your point. But it's all personal responsibility. But I, I'd like to think that if someone is, quote-unquote, addicted to gaming, they'd be addicted to anything that they found interest in. So... Maybe they're addicted to Dungeons and Dragons and they walk around, they love it and they LARP and they do everything and they love it because that's what they love. And so what's wrong with loving something and then, you know, enjoying it? Now, there's a difference between that and the guy who, you know, doesn't leave his house because he has to get to the next rank in Call of Duty in Black Ops. He wants to get prestige like level 50. So he just sits down there just cranking, cranking, cranking. He doesn't want to hang out with friends because he's got more important things to do. He's got to get on that. So you're like, okay, I mean, and he doesn't go to the bathroom. He has like a can that he pisses in in the corner. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yes, that that is crazy addictive um, compulsive behavior. But is that is that based, is that gaming's fault? Or is that this person's fault? And, and say he wasn't into video games, what if he was into hunting? You know, what if he was into guns? Would he just be, you know, buying 100 guns, taking them apart, cleaning them? You know what I mean? Like, like it's not the, it's, it's, it's not the item that, that is at fault. It's the person. It's the compulsion. It's the uh, it's the addictiveness. But is it the item that's being addicted to? Because the same thing with gambling. They said that gambling is an addiction, and so gaming is going to fall kind of under the same category as gambling. And gambling is very addictive uh, from from a psychological standpoint. And when I say that, I don't mean the same as in drugs are addictive. Okay, there's when you use drugs, there's um, physiological differences that change in your body. Okay, this isn't like gambling, which is oh I won. So I want that feeling of winning again. You know, you're not addicted to dopamine and, and it doesn't change. Like when you gamble, it doesn't physically change the inside of your body the way that drugs do. <clears throat> so I want to make that very clear that these aren't uh, aren't the same thing. But uh, it is interesting that 
uh, you could consider gambling addictive. And I say it's addictive in the sense that I like doing it and I like winning. And so I get that feeling of winning. You want to go back and get it again. And gambling's the worst because sometimes you'll be up, you'll win some money. And when you win money, you go, wow, I really like that feeling. I want to win more money. So you play some more and then you lose that money. <laughs> and it's, it's bad. I haven't been to the casino in quite a long time. We, um, there's a lot of Native American reservations uh, around here where we live. So the casinos are, are really accessible here. <clears throat> and I love playing blackjack. I, I just like sitting at a table, playing cards, you know, drink some free Sprite, um, drink a beer or whatever, and, and play some games. And it's fun for me. Like, to me, I always look at it and say, wow, if I play blackjack for two hours and lose like 100 bucks or 200 bucks, that's fun for me. Like, that, that's a fun daily activity for me is to be like, hey, I love playing blackjack. <clears throat> Not daily, but like a, a fun thing to do for a day, I should say. Um, like that, that's fun for me. Uh, and so it, it is addictive when you win and like, but you could argue, is this addictive when you play games like dark souls or demon souls, high difficulty games like cuphead, you're not playing them for the difficulty. You're playing them for the feeling you get when you overcome that difficulty. So it's high difficulty, but high reward. When you complete it, you get a sense of accomplishment. So you said, you know, that, that is something that can be addictive, that sense of accomplishment, but not in the same way that drugs are addictive when they actually change, you know, your body. Uh, so, uh, so like I said, I don't certainly don't have all the answers, but this is an interesting one and we all have to be smart about it. You have to make the decision yourself. I guess if you ever stop and think, man, do I play games too much? That might be the first step in saying that you probably do, but that's up to you. What is too much? You know, I mean, I could play, I could play games four or five hours a night and I wouldn't think that was too much. I mean, I guess if I, if I had a job and then I was constantly missing work because I had to get like, I do another raid in world of Warcraft. Am I actually, am I actually addicted to world of Warcraft or am I just, am I just not prioritizing work over a game? Does that make it a, does that mean I'm addicted to it? Or does that just mean I make poor choices? <laughs> you know, it's, it's a very interesting case. Um, and, and, that, and again, I, I want to majorly say this as my final point. I don't want to take anything away from anybody who suffers uh, real addiction. Even what I would say, real gaming addiction, I would just say who suffer real um, compulsory, uh, incredibly addictive behavior. I feel very bad for those people because there are people that suffer from that immensely. And it can be a chemical imbalance that causes you to be over addictive to things. You overdo things. So that's all there. That's all real things. And so, you know, that's, um, you don't want to take anything away from that because not everyone's the same. And there are people who will always be on the extreme ends. That's not the majority, but there are always people that are there. So you don't want to be a little them or, or take anything away from them and how they're feeling. And so it's a very touchy subject. Um, I got thinking a little bit about this as well, because Jordan put up a video, um, about his life in, in 2017, it was kind of a year in review. And while it had nothing to do really with gaming, it was a personal thing. It, it, it touched on a really, really good message. And it was that, Sometimes you can feel like you're alone and you're not. And sometimes you can feel like nobody else in the world understands you. And, and I promise you there are people that do. Um, and there's no one to talk to or that no one cares. And that's not true. A lot of people care. A lot of people are out there to help you. But it is tough because you have to seek the help. Oftentimes, you were so good at hiding it that, uh, you know, that people don't ever think we need the help. And um, and, and that's that's bad, unfortunately. And so you need to, you do need to be the one to make that first step and just ask for help. And I know it's tough and, 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 uh, depression is very crippling and you start to, you start to feel that, uh, you're bothering everybody by talking to them and, and then you shut yourself off from them. And then your brain starts telling you, Oh, see, nobody wants to talk to you because they don't like you when you're the one who shut that door. 
and uh, it, it's all this conflicted feelings, and and you always feel guilty, and you always feel bad, and and it's it's a feeling, you know, and and you feel like you can't you can't dig out of it, and so sometimes you just need to to ask for help, and uh, there's there's a lot of places out there, a lot of great places that'll help, a lot of numbers you can call, um, suicide hotline prevention. There's um, you know anything like that sort of stuff. You, 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 you got to take care of yourself. And, and I promise you there's people out there and things can get better. So if you suffer from something like this, or if you feel like you do, and you feel like there's no way out, you know, again, and a lot of people will do this. A lot of people will say, well, you know, I think I'm addicted to gaming. I'm going to cut out all gaming. Well, I mean, I, I've known people who have, you know, he'll, he'll be addicted to gaming. He'll go hardcore and be like, no, I'm out of that. And I kid you not. He, he started up like a, like a, uh, like a, a meat business. And so he was like, oh man, I'm so into this. I love it. And he was like, I'm into this meat. I'm curing this meat. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I bought a smoker. I bought this. But so he was just basically obsessing over something else. So it didn't cause the root of the. It didn't solve the root of the problem, which was his addictive behavior. It had nothing to do with. It had nothing to do with. What he was into. It just had to do with him personally, and and um, and, and it is something you have to work on, and it's tough because especially when you're anxious or depressed, all those things get in the way, and it's hard to see clearly. But you have to talk to somebody, and, and at least a psychiatrist, but more so, um, a doctor, and uh, and and there are medications that can help you out and take care of you and things like that. So just everyone be safe and take care of yourself. That's what this really is about. Um, but again, just uh, going over everything. Uh, video games as a, as an addictive. Uh, force. Uh, I'm, I'm not really buying that so much as I'm just kind of saying that that more has to do with people's addictive and, and, uh, and uh, very compulsory uh, behaviors in general. Um, but as always, everybody, like I said, wasn't a full-fledged podcast. Just wanted to get on here a little bit and, uh, and shout out a quick one to you guys um, and, and wish everyone who had a Merry Christmas and obviously this upcoming New Year. I can't say for sure I'll do a podcast next week either. I'm going to try, um, but we'll see because it's uh, this time of year is really nuts. I am burned out. I can't even tell you. I'm just toasted by the holiday season. Uh, but uh, like I said, take care of yourselves. You know, be good to one another and, and, and make some New Year's resolutions and stick to them, damn it. You can do it. You know, one thing that I, I love hearing is that if it was easy, everybody would do it. Be, be exceptional. Work hard at it. You can do it, I promise you, but you have to work hard. You have to put the time in. You can truly do anything you really want to do if you push hard enough. You just have to prioritize and you, you can do it, you know, and, and, and ask for help. There's nothing wrong with that. All right, thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, as always, if you saw this on YouTube, if you haven't, if you could subscribe, uh, we'd love that. If you listen to it on iTunes or on SoundCloud, I appreciate that as well. And, uh, of course, if you can go to droprate.life, you can go to our YouTube channel there. Um, or if you just go to YouTube, uh, the droprate, look us up. You see the DR logo. And uh, please subscribe to us there. Really, really appreciate it. Um, but thanks. And if you follow us on, on iTunes or, or SoundCloud, that's appreciated as well. And, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. I hope you all have a great day. Bye-bye. <laughs>